Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 972. Get out there and drive, and we got to keep that passion alive, and especially these older cars, these, you know, the Duesenbergs and the Cords and the Packards, you know, we, didn't, we can't let that die. And a lot, of, a lot of young guys are starting to get into it, but we need other people to push that so those things don't fade into the past and people forget about them. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mike Liebing. Hey, Mike, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hey, I'm ready to go, Mark. Let's get right. Let's hit it. Orbital in hand. Mike Liebing founded Go Clean Products in 2003 after developing a get-off-clean-road paint remover. Past Cars yeah guest Rennie Doyle helped Mike create his first YouTube video to promote his new cleaner, and in 2014... Mike opened Praxis Detailing in Auburn, Indiana, where he cares for a variety of his customers' vehicles. He's worked with numerous car care professionals, including McCall's detailing team during Car Week in Monterey, Pebble Beach, Air Force One detailing team, Boeing detailing team, the Auburn Court Duesenberg Club detailing team, and Velocity's Competition Ready with past Cars yeah guest Mike Phillips. Oh, and he's also worked with the Bandit detailing team. Mike, you get around. Well, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious passion for taking care of automobiles? Yeah, thanks, Mark. Yeah, I've obviously been doing this for a little while. Like yourself, I started out when I was young and, uh, you know, just needed some money on the side. So we washed cars. We really didn't know what we were doing. Uh, we used dish soap and a sponge and some <laughs> old towels my mom gave us. Yeah, that'll work. We went. Yeah. And uh, we we said, well, we can do this on airplanes. So we went out to the local airport. We did it there and used the old turtle wax on the planes and the Cessnas and things like that. And then, you know, over the years, I've uh, done different kinds of sales and marketing for different companies and always had a passion for car things. And one day I was driving home and got into some road paint and found out there wasn't a whole lot out there to work with. So I worked with a few chemists around the country to come up with a non-flammable uh, road paint remover. And oh. that kind of got me in the direction of the detailing industry, which... I didn't know anything about videos and YouTube and Facebook and Rennie Doyle was uh, kind enough to work with me and get me on the right road. And uh, then over the year, years that we've been together, I guess it's been since 03, uh, we, he got me trained and we started a business in Auburn right across from the Auburn Corps Duesenberg Museum. Cool. And then right next to that is the Natmus Museum, which is the National Truck and Automotive Museum. So we're in the heart of uh, the old school, old, old school cars. Well, Rennie Doyle, who I mentioned earlier, has been a guest here on the show, which is uh, which is pretty darn cool. I mean, that guy has motivated and trained so many cool people. And back when uh, Aaron Workington was the... Uh, director at the Auburn Corps Duesenberg Museum. He's moved on to the Studebaker National Museum, but 
he was a guest on the show. So we're in a good company here with all of us car care guys and museum directors and curators and things like that. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning, or in your case, the uh, machine orbital or direct drive wheel spinning here on Cars, yeah? So, Mike, take the wheel. Yeah, I would say the thing that I've always tried to follow, and it seems like, you know, I've read a lot of biographies. I'm not a big uh, guy on reading about fiction and novels. And the thing is to treat people like you want to be treated. And... It just seems to work. It doesn't matter if you're in sales or customer service or working at a bank or a car wash. It doesn't matter. You know, you want to be treated a a certain way, meaning the right way. And when you do that for people and you try to read them, uh, they'll return that favor and bring you more business. And that's really what's helped our business grow here in Auburn. Uh, we We were a nobody for... Uh, a lot of years and we've really come on strong well it's such a simple concept it's the old golden rule that we were all taught when we were kids at least some of us were i wish the whole world was taught that because uh my goodness it's so easy to do the right thing now i will say sometimes it's hard in the sense that it might be costly if you make a mistake or uh, might make you feel a little uncomfortable but it's always best to do the right thing when you're in a service business like you it's absolutely paramount because these days all it takes is one bad comment from somebody in social media to destroy years of hard work, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's a nice way to go through life, sure. And you can sleep better at night knowing you've taken care of people. Let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were a car guy? Well, we lived... Fortunately or unfortunately for my parents, right across the street from the old school type drive-in in in Kendallville, Indiana, which isn't far from Auburn. So we got to see, you know, I'm I'm 60 now, so I'll give it away. I was born in 57, so we saw all the late 60s cars, all the early 70s cars, and that's when guys were jacking them up and putting Kragers on and big wide tires. Yeah. So we... You know, and of course the girls loved all that. So we were into it and we we're like, we got to get into that program. So, uh, I didn't have a lot of money. We just did, you know, like I said, we washed cars and that of course got our hands on cars. And my cousin had a 69 Nova SS 396 and it, they blew the motor up and they used my dad's garage. Well, it sat there for a week while they had the motor rebuilt. And I did a, in essence, a dry wash, didn't know that what that was back then (laughs) on the car. And I took all the black emblems and taped them all off and resprayed it. And they were freaking out when they got back. They go, what'd you do to this car? And I, did you repaint it? And I said, no, I just cleaned it up and waxed it. Yeah. And uh, as a result of that, I think I was 13 at the time. They uh, let me drive the car after they got it running. Right. Oh, cool. And uh, we went out in the country and of course it had to, uh, um, cherry bomb mufflers on it and the pipes went out right in front of the rear wheel so you know that probably got me started uh, no, really no doubt oh my gosh yeah 13 driving an ss cherry bomb mufflers oh yeah baby <laughs> you must yep. have felt like king of the road oh i did for about 10 minutes yeah yeah very nice very nice well that's cool too that you showed you had some skill set from those washing days to polishing days and uh, no doubt that's carried you forward well, what I want to do now is look at some of the roads you crawled down. Now, you're an entrepreneur, a guy who's 
pretty much been in business for himself most of his life, but that's fraught with ups and downs and challenges and failures. So walk us through one of those times where you really came up against something difficult and tell us what that thing taught you. Well, actually, I was in a business that we worked on um, in-flight thrust measurement, which I had no degree in uh, aeronautical or propulsion or anything like that. But the lady that owned the company, her husband was, I would call him a genius, even though I never met him. But I saw him, a picture of him on the wall sitting on a couch with Einstein. So he went to oh my gosh. I think the, the City College in New York or whatever it was called back then. That's where he went to school. Wow. And he studied under Einstein. And he came up with a mechanical computer that measured uh, in-flight thrust. Well, for, NASA came along and said, hey, look, whatever happened to all that? And uh, this lady that ran the company, Ruth Rush, she said, hey, you got to figure this out. And I said, I don't know anything about this stuff. And I just did it. You know, I was dumb enough to just go ahead and not fake it, but try to put it all together. And we ended up with this huge program with uh, uh, MIT in Boston, NASA down at Langley, and NASA at Edwards. Wow. And we got this uh, program going, and uh, the guys from MIT took the mechanical computer and wrote algorithms to simulate what the mechanical computer was doing. And then NASA actually test flew it on a F-18 experimental aircraft out in, at Langley. Wow. But what happened over the, the whole period was because some of it was because of my lack of experience, the thing kind of fell apart because they – they didn't have the money to take the program to the next levels. And then they had me writing grants with the FAA and the part department of defense and NASA. And I kind of thought I could pull all that off, but it didn't really work too well. We got a few grants, but just not enough to really carry it through to commercialization. Mm. And, uh, that was a tough six years of my life that I worked and worked and worked. And I learned that, you know, if you really don't know what you're doing, you better, find some other people to show you how to do it. <laughs> yes. Therefore, when it, just like, you know, with the cars and going to Randy and spending a week with him, mm -hmm. you know, I thought, well, what's this guy going to teach me other than how to run a polisher? You know, that's what I really didn't have a lot of experience at. Yes. And boy, was I surprised. I mean, it was unbelievable. Just like what you said with your experience, the different chemicals, the processes, all those things, safety and not damaging the customer's car. That's the thing that Rennie pounded into us is, you know, do not damage the customer's car no matter what. Right. And uh, so I think that's that's sort of one of life's lessons that uh, if you're going to get into any kind of a business, you better find a mentor to get you through it. Because if you don't, uh, you're going to fool yourself into thinking you can make it to the finish line and you probably won't do very well at it. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a great story and I appreciate you sharing it because obviously a painful time in your career, but you're absolutely right. When you're struggling, don't be afraid to ask for help. That's the takeaway I get from this. And even if those around you say, oh, you can just do it. If you know in your heart that this is not quite your area of expertise, get some help because there's lots of people out there that will help you. And in the case of Rennie helping you learn how to work on cars and detail cars, uh, you're right. There's so many things you can learn you didn't even know you could learn. So oh, yeah. that's a great takeaway for me. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when the headlights come on and kind of illuminate a new path for you. Tell us about one of yours. 
Uh, well, kind of leading from uh, Rennie's training, what I did is I had a shop at my house. We lived out in the country, and it was, you know, we were just doing friends and family cars and, you know, hey, this guy heard about you. And, you know, just it wasn't really a business. It was just sort of a, a recreational way to get all these fun toys and all these different chemicals and processes and be in the game, you know, be on Air Force One. I, and all those guys were, you know, they had real businesses. Mine was just sort of a, a hobby that paid a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. So I jumped in my car and I only lived about a half an hour from Auburn. My wife and I drove past the museum and we saw an old beat up gas station. that looked like it was ready to fall down. I said, that'd be a cool place. But, uh, you know, wonder what it would cost to redo that. And then, of course, you get into underground tanks and the EPA. And it's <laughs> oh, like, oh, oh, yeah. Hello. Yeah. So we went back down the street the other way. And there's this building. And it's like, wow, that thing looks like it's brand new. But it looks like it was an old gas station. We whip in there. It's all fixed up. You look inside. There's lifts, all kinds of memorabilia. Not a car inside. No signage. And I call a guy that lives in town. I go, who owns this building? He goes, oh, my buddy does. It's his man cave. I go, really? <laughs> man go, what cave. Do you sell it? Wow. I go, what do, you, what do you sell it? It's right across from the museum. He goes, I don't know. Call him. So I did. We met up there. And he goes, yeah, I'll sell it. And uh, he actually is a car guy. He grew up in a family that they did, you know, a, a, a used car lot thing. They actually had it right there. Mm-hmm. Since then, they had leased it out many times, and then he just remodeled it for his man cave, but he lives like a half hour away, and he said, yeah, that was a mistake. I want to, I need something near my house. Sure. I said, well, I can, I can understand that. And I said, well, I don't have a lot of money. I got to sell some stuff. He goes, what do you got to sell? And I go, well, my brand-new Ford F-150 Platinum, my 1971 Chevelle SS-454 convertible red with a black interior, four speed, and a Polaris Ranger, and a very expensive riding mower. Well, he bought all. He bought three of the four. His wife said he couldn't have the mower, and <laughs> I sold that to my insurance agent. So we bought a building. Wow! Yeah, uh, but I did lose my car, and my truck. So that was kind of a bummer. Well, but, uh, but you know, this is a good story. I mean. A lot of people see success and they think, oh, it just came overnight. It takes a lot of work and sacrifice. And I'm going to get up to a question here in a minute talking about seller's remorse. And you may have just given that one away. But (laughs) but I think the cool thing about your story is you had a vision. You took the wherewithal to find out who owned the building, talk to him, tell him what you wanted to do. And look what happened. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy's a customer now, and he's even better. A lot of people to us, so yeah, yeah, it's all been great. If you, if like, I'm sure we'll get to the website, but we've got a, pictures that scroll in there, and you can see our shop. It's pretty impressive for a yeah. small shop that we for our first shop. Yeah, yeah. No, this is cool. Well, real quickly, what is your website? It is www.praxis.praxis.com. Detailing.com. There you go. Very, very cool. That's an awesome story. How about a proudest career moment? Is there one that stands out for you? You've made so many people happy by taking care of vehicles, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that probably the most exciting, and I've had some fun ones. I did, you know, Amelia Earhart's tribute plane. That was with Rennie, Air Force One, the Boeing thing. Probably the Working with Gordon McCall's detailing team, and again, that's through Rennie Doyle, 
P&S detailing out of California. Mm -hmm. They put that team together and we've done it three times. I've been on the team twice. I couldn't make it last year, but just to be touching cars that we would probably never see in Indiana or Auburn for that matter mm -hmm. that were, you know, 20, 30 million dollar Ferraris, uh, a Lycan, um, oh gee, just a crazy bunch of cars that we just don't have around here. Sure. And most guys would never see. And just to, you know, work in that group and, and to mangle with those people. I mean, I don't know if you know Gordon very well, but he's a cool guy. Yes. He was a detailer and, you know, he runs two of the big, biggest, uh, prestigious car deals out in California during Monterey week. Yep. And I mean, he had us stay, you know, we worked like everybody else during the day, clean the cars up, get them ready for his, uh, show at the airport. And then you go change your clothes and you go back and you mingle with the people that come in that have, of course, a lot more money than we do that are buying jets and some of those are their cars and things like that. And you talk about cars and yeah. they love to talk to you about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a cool story. Yeah. Gordon McCall, of course, uh, runs the Jet Party during Car Week, Pebble Beach Car Week, which is one of the most prestigious events. And the Quail, he was involved in founding that deal, the Quail a Motorsport Gathering, which is another one of the most prestigious events. So getting involved with him and all his events. Wow. Very, very fortunate indeed. That's a very yeah. cool story. Well, let's go back in time a little bit and have a little bit of fun. What was your first really special vehicle? Uh, well, I drove a bunch of uh, what I would call clunkers through high school and right out of high school. And I finally, one day I drove by the used car lot in, in Kendallville and I said, wow, that's a cool car. It was dark blue. Uh, Cutlass 442, it was a 1973, so they changed it. Uh, you know, the 69 through 72s were kind of looked like Chevelle. Right. And in 73, they had to get that little bit of bumper going on in the front. They didn't have to do it yet in the back, but this car just popped. It had a white uh, stripe down the hood. Uh, it had swivel black leather bucket seats in it. Well, that sold me right there. I said, that's my car. <laughs> And, I mean, I just polished that thing until you just couldn't polish it anymore by hand. And uh, I love that car. I wish I could get it back. But I have been looking for years, and you cannot find those cars. Yeah, yeah, tough they're, to find. They're, they're literally gone, the 73s. Wow, wow, what cool. Well, that leads me to the seller's remorse question, which I alluded to before. Is that the one, or does it go back no. to a different car? I would say it's the, the 71 SS ah. four speed. That was a fun, cool car. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't anything special, but we did, you know, we changed, it sat kind of low, almost like somebody lowered it mm -hmm. and it, it had some, uh, the old style Krager style, but they were the modern, uh, type of rim where you had the real short sidewall. So we put those on it. And it had, of course, uh, a big um, dual pumper carb. It had a cam in it. it the motor had been worked. We really couldn't get a lot of details on it. But, man, that car was fun. And it was not super loud, but loud enough to get everybody's attention. And it was fun to take it to shows. And I, I just kind of regret that because now when I go to shows, I'm just working and selling and Usually I've got somebody else's car in my booth, not one of my own, but that'll change. We'll get that 
corrected one of these days. Oh, absolutely. I have no doubt. Well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up these days about your business. Uh, one of the things that we're working on right now uh, is a Boattail 35 Auburn Speedster. Cool. And uh, it's comp- it's a nut and bolt frame-off restoration. Uh, I'm thinking uh, it might end up out in California during that special week out there, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. But the fun part is all the parts are off the car, and I'm actually able to polish. You know, we're doing the, the sanding and then the uh, – uh, bringing, you know, bringing the paint up to probably a level nine out of 10 right now until it's all put back together, then we'll finish it out. But mm-hmm. it's so nice to have all those curved parts and pieces that you can't get your polisher into out in the wide open. I can knock them out. And then when they put them on the car, they take a lot of care in doing that. And then all I've got to do is finish it up. I don't have to try to over do it and get into places where that gets you into trouble or use, you know, 10 rolls of tape on the car to protect it. Right. So uh, that's probably the most interesting one that we've got going on now that, you know, it takes a lot of passion and time to do that car. Yep. And uh, we'll be, be excited to brag about that later. I think so. Yeah. What other services and things do you provide in your business to your customers? Well, we're, our shop is small, so we haven't done like window tinning or some of the traditional things like that or the, the clear bra type products. Those just, you know, that's not in the cards for us now. But uh, basically, you know, we do a lot of on-site work. We go out to collections so they don't have to drive them and move them to our shop. Uh, we provide a lot of service that way where that's that's makes a lot of our customers a lot more at ease with us that, hey, they'll bring everything here. They'll work here. I've got door codes, keys, pass codes to all kinds of properties that you wouldn't even know they had cars there. But these people trust us, and uh, we've earned that trust over the years to, to be able to do that. And uh, so, of course, we sell product. We sell Sonax product. We sell PNS. Uh, we don't, uh, sell some of the other brands. We're doing a lot with auto geek. Now mm-hmm. uh, we've, we've worked with them. Actually, they had a booth in Auburn at the, uh, auctions America event. We manned that for them. So we have some relationships that, uh, we're trying to expand on and, and, uh, train. We're doing some training, product training, having seminars at our shop. So we're trying to diversify a little bit. Very cool. Uh, do you still sell the Get Off Clean Road Paint Remover? Yes. As a matter of fact, our biggest customers on that product are the large uh, vehicle fleet auctions like Mannheim mm. and Odessa. And then, of course, we sell to detailers and even consumers if they want to buy it off our website. Very cool. Well, you know, that's an interesting problem because every once in a while they'll be painting stripes on the road or some. Guy, some Yahoo has put a can of paint in the back of his truck and not put the lid on and went around the corner and the whole thing, you know, <laughs> is pouring out of the back of his truck and going all over your car. And by the time you get home, that paint is dry. And it, my wife had that happen to her and she got home. She was so upset. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So back in those days, I wish I had known you because I think your product would have done a much faster job than the way I had to go about it. But I think it's fantastic, and I'll make sure I put links to Mike's website. So if you're interested in that product or any of his services, if you live in part of the world, you'll be able to access him. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Mike. If you were a vehicle, what would you be? Well, I would say, and 
this kind of came back uh, full circle for us last couple of weeks. Uh, I've always loved the Hemi Cuda or the Challenger, the 1970. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually had a 1970 Hemi Challenger, sorry, 71 Challenger in our shop, nut and bolt, Ooh. restoration, one of one. Oh, my gosh. And it was headed to Scottsdale, Arizona last week, and it was sold, or I think it sold. I was looking for the data on it. It might still be pending, but that car was valued at somewhere around $1.5 million. Ooh. And uh, it was the plum crazy, black <laughs> interior, black top, which normally that was a white interior, white top. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had the 426 Hemi and then the pistol shift or grip deal in it. Oh, yeah. But just a beautiful car. I mean, iconic. Uh, love with, you know, that's the kind of car I would, you know, it's old, but still cool and still has some get up and go in it. So I hopefully I fit some of that category. <laughs> <laughs> Very nicely said. Well, Mike, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school, way back in 1975. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt, and mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with Covercraft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Mike, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Drive it. Ah, yes. Don't let it sit. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years? I just think it's the passion for cars and people that have cars, you know, engaging with them. I think that's helped me 
when I talk to people, I just kind of get, I try to pull the information out of them. And so, uh, just for the passion for cars. Yeah, absolutely. Very important. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of great resources these days, but is there one that you'd like to share with the Cars Yow audience? Yeah, I would say attention to details. That's Rennie's group and then Auto Geek. Those two can get you a long way in this business. Absolutely. Two great resources. Now, if I can arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Oh, man, that is a tough one. I, I'd have to think about that one. But I would say maybe A.J. Foyt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's still around and tough guy, but still he's a car guy to the end. I mean, who would stick with what, you know, IndyCar the way he has? Yeah. Yeah. That would be something, wouldn't it? How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners should crack open and read? I would say if you're interested in detailing, Rennie Doyle wrote a book. That was very interesting. It's it's great, great uh, ground up information on trying to start a detailing business or just learn how to detail cars. Yeah. If you don't want a business, you just kind of like the way I was when I first started. I didn't think I'd ever really have a detailing business, but I wanted to know how to do it right. Mm-hmm. So that book really gets you going in the right direction. There you go. Another mention of Rennie, a great guy. I saw him during car week at the quail. He was working on a incredible, incredible car there and uh, had the luxury of spending a little time with him. He's a great person. Well, I'll remind you, listeners, you can find links to all of these great resources Mike has shared on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Mike Liebing, L-I-E-B-I-N-G, and you'll find links to his website and all these great references. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. This is where it gets a little fun, Mike. This question could be a bit of a doozy, though. I'm going to buy you any cool car in the world. Collector car, something fun, something to enjoy, something to drive. Money's no object. What's it going to be? Oh, boy, that's a tough one, Mark. I would say just because of how much fun it is to drive one, I got lucky enough to drive one, was a, uh, is a Ferrari, a new one. Any of the, the 458s, the uh, 356s, any of those, uh, those are just awesome. Ooh, okay. going to cost me a little bit of money today, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'll go out and find you a 458 Italia. How's that sound? <laughs> that would be perfect. I was afraid you are going to say La Ferrari. Then it gets really expensive. No, but, I wouldn't uh, do that to you. Well, thank you, Mike. You're a nice guy. I pre- <laughs> That's what I've heard, at least. So uh, I appreciate that. Well, Mike, you've taken me on a great ride today. I really have enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow audience. Did you offer so maybe a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the Auburn sunset? In that Ferrari 458. Yeah, just, you know, get out there, enjoy these cars. I mean, I I heard on the radio today about the autonomous driving. Can you imagine going down the road in a car that you're not driving or the guy next to you? Or the car next (laughs) to you has no driver. Get out there and drive, and we got to keep that passion alive, and especially these older cars, these, you know, the Duesenbergs and the Cords and the Packards, you know, we didn't, we can't let that die. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of young guys are starting to get into it, but we need other people to push that. So those things don't fade into the, the, the past and people forget about them. Well, the best way I say to do that is find a young person that you know, and even if their parents aren't into cars, offer to take them to car shows, to races, vintage races, 
Or in the case of if you're a detailer, bring a young man in or a young woman, young girl into the shop and say, hey, I can show you how to take care of vehicles. You might spark something that creates a career in somebody or a passion in somebody, and that's the best way to share it. Now, how can our listeners learn more about you, your business, and Praxis? Well, we're on Facebook under Praxis Detailing. We're Twitter, same thing, Praxis Detailing. We've got our website, which is www.praxisdetailing.com. And then, of course, the GoCleanProducts.com, uh, which is our website to buy the paint remover and other products like Sonax. And uh, so, yeah, you can find us there. There you go. Well, again, listeners, I'll make sure you can find all of these cool links on Mike's Cars Yeah show notes page. So just go to Cars Yeah, type in Mike Liebing, and that page will pop up. I would encourage you to check out what he's doing. Check out these cool products. I think you're going to be very, very happy. Hey, Mike, thanks for being so generous with me today and our listeners and sharing your experiences with us. Until you and I talk again, I will see you down the road. Great, Mark. Thank you very much for having me on. Everything you do is great for our industry, and I look forward to meeting you soon. Thank you, Mike. The pleasure's been all mine. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA Civic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Cars Yeah.